Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Wonderful, Tim. Thank you very much indeed for, for reading that. If you've got your Bibles open, do keep them open there at Luke 15. Or um, I know some people have Bibles on their phones. These days you say, switch your phone on, or switch your, sorry, switch your Bible on rather than uh, open your Bible. Um, so whichever way you've got it, it would be great to have the text. Uh, we're coming back to that in a moment. Because today is a day for joyful celebration, isn't it? Today is a day for joyful celebration. Because every day... There is reason for rejoicing. Uh, is there not every day? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So every day we get up in the morning, there's a, a reason for joyful celebration. Every Sunday, there's a special reason for rejoicing. It's Resurrection Day Sunday, the first day of the week, so we come together to celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection uh, every time we gather. It's good to uh, celebrate Jesus is alive, and he's present with us by his Spirit. But of course, today there is special reason for joyful celebration. Uh, with uh, Yasmin and Ina on their baptism. What a, what a wonderful day. They've, they've marked their own dying and rising with Jesus. They've gone under the water and come up again. Uh, they've declared their allegiance to Jesus. Uh, they've sealed that amazing grace of God at work in their hearts and in their lives with this outward sign of baptism. That's what it is. Baptism itself is not going to do anything, save anyone, help anyone, uh, but it's an outward sign of the grace of God at work in your heart. And it is great to be able to celebrate with them today. Uh, one brother said, um, you, know, you get a celebration when the, you know, the millionth mini rhymes off the, uh, the production line or the 10 millionth sort of person walks through the door of a store. There's fanfare, trumpets, uh, ticker tape, red carpets and all that sort of thing. Only God knows how many billions of people have been baptised in water across the ages and across the world in the last 2,000 years. Uh, but he knows each one by name. And today he knows Yasmin and Ina. And he knows exactly what number they are in the countless multitude that is the church on earth and in heaven. And there is joyful celebration today. Not just here at Christ Church, but there is celebrating in heaven itself. I mean, these are Jesus' words, aren't they? Uh, oh, hang on a minute. 
Oh, we haven't got the Jesus words. Oh, well, let me tell you what they are. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You've got it in front of your Bible uh, there in, in verse 10. There is joy in heaven. And Luke chapter 15, as we'll see, is, is a chapter of rejoicing, of parties, of celebration. Three parables, each of them end with a party, with joyful celebration because the lost is found, because the dead is, uh, are alive. And that is God's heart. He wants his people to be people of joy, people of celebration. Uh, he wants each person here to be at the center of that party, to come back to him to find life and to cause rejoicing in heaven. So today is a, a day of joyful celebration as we continue in our series uh, of our values of the church. Those things that mark us and joyful celebration should be one of those things that, that kind of permeate our life as a church. Um, there are other, other values. We've been looking at them over the past weeks and uh, we've got a new set of, of people uh, modelling the actions uh, we've got our very own church family modelling the facts. So, we, so we've looked at gracious welcome. Uh, we've looked at, thought about courageous commitment. Uh, we've thought about extravagant generosity. And can I say, if you've, not, if you've missed those messages and missed that thinking, well, the, the service is on YouTube. You can go back or on the website and you can listen to the message on those three values. Uh, next thing, we're going we're to be thinking about humble compassion. And we've got a speaker coming from Compassion International, uh, so he's going to help us un understand more of that ministry. So I'd definitely encourage you to, to come back next week. It's going to be a fantastic Sunday. But uh, this week, we are thinking about joyful celebration. Freddie is our poster boy for joyful celebration. Uh, uh, and here it is, joyful celebration. As those over whom God rejoices, so we will be quick to rejoice with others and to give God the glory. Now, we know that there are other themes and emotions in the Bible that come to the fore at different times. There's lament and sorrow for sin. There's the honest expression of pain and questioning in the midst of suffering. Why, Lord? How long, O oh Lord? There is the emotional experience of righteous anger against evil. We see that, that anger against injustice. There's a heart that's moved by compassion when seeing the suffering of others. We'll, we'll see that next week. And there is, of course, the deep loss, the deep sense of loss and sadness in bereavement. And that, of course, is how many of us are feeling and holding that this week with June's death. She's gone to be with the Lord. She is in a place of utter joy and celebration, but those who are left feel that pain. And so it's true, we won't always want to celebrate, or we won't always feel like celebrating. We won't always experience that joy on the surface of our lives, and it's important to acknowledge that. We will pass through different seasons. And yet of all the themes and the emotions in the Bible, joy is found throughout. It permeates everywhere. Because you see, joy is the very heart of God himself. There is joy in the very nature of the triune God. This is how wonderful it is to have a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In eternity, Father, Son, and Spirit have enjoyed this dynamic relationship of love and joy. 
within the, the Godhead, before he made anything, before anything was made, there was a God who was full of joy and his creation overflowed from that love and joy into our world. And, and so as we come to experience the life of the triune God, that's what becoming a Christian is, baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you're drawn into the life of God and that life of God is a life of love and a life of joy. That is the primary emotion uh, of the Bible, is, is joy that flows from love, that flows from the very nature of God. And that's why it runs through the Bible, and it runs through, um, uh, and we see it everywhere. And, and one place we see it is uh, in the beginning of Psalm 100. Uh, let me check there, up there. Uh, Psalm 100, uh, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. It's an invitation this, uh, almost a command, not just for God's people to rejoice in the Lord, but for all of creation to be uh, rejoicing, all the earth to come and uh, rejoice and to give God glory. If you're an old school Anglican, uh, we are part of the Church of England, just in case you didn't know that, uh, as a a Christ church, and uh, in the Book of Common Prayer, that uh, book that founded all the services that uh, uh, we have in the Church of England for for hundreds of years... um, This psalm, Psalm 100, is known as the Jubilate, said every Sunday, uh, 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 morning morning prayer. Maybe every day if you do morning prayer every day. Uh, This great psalm of joy. Uh, It's featured in that service, and um, it's the whole of the psalm, but but I think we should just say these two verses together, just just because we can, because we're Anglicans, and it's part of the Jubilate, and this is morning prayer, if you didn't know that. So, uh, let's say these words together. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Wonderful. I think we could do it better than that because that is the problem with liturgy. That's probably with the jubilate. It's supposed to be joyful. And, and you can, you know, if you're just repeating words, you can get into a sort of, we're just saying these words that are on the screen. So why don't we do it once more with joy? Okay, let's, let's try it again. One, two, three. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Much better. Excellent. Joyful celebration. It's everywhere in the Bible. Uh, God gives to the Old Testament people of God regular festivals. In fact, there were seven regular festivals through the year. Uh, Passover, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, there's the Festival of First Fruits, Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. People would come up to uh, pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Uh, they would do it in their own homes. They would celebrate what God has done, what God, who God is, and, and what he provides. These are celebrations, uh, of, of, uh, and they were put into the calendar deliberately to get the people reminding themselves, this is what, who God is, this is who, what he's done, and you are to celebrate and give thanks. Those feasts included confession as well, and fasting, and, and uh, um, sacrifices, but at the heart of them all was joy and celebration of who God is and what he's done. And throughout the Old Testament, we get glimpses of, of this celebrating, and of, it gives us a glimpse of, of, of where joyful celebration comes from. Let very briefly look at these two things. Firstly, joyful celebration uh, is inspired God, by God's presence. And we've got these um, verses from 2 Samuel 6. David is king of Israel. He's just conquered Jerusalem. He's going to become the capital. And the Ark of the Covenant, which was the sort of symbolic presence of God, was being carried up to Jerusalem. 
And we read these words, David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and fattened calf. It must have taken quite a long time to get from there to there by every six steps. You had to do another sacrifice. Um, Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. I mean, this is joyful celebration. God is present. He's coming home. He's coming to Jerusalem in this symbolic fashion. And David can't help but dance and sing and have trumpets blowing and, and, uh, and, and to celebrate because God is present in their midst. And, and we read that when he gets there, he hands out all the party food. He, he gives a, every person a, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake, or raisins, uh, and a cake of raisins so that everybody can celebrate. This is joyful celebration because of the very presence of God. It's sort of natural and spontaneous. It flows out of David. And, you know, some of us, I know people are different, aren't we? We are all different here in our character, in our personality, in our wiring, in our histories. You know, some people are more reserved. uh, Some people are more exuberant. Uh, It's true. Some people have no rhythm uh, some people just can't keep stopping themselves from dancing. You know, there's, we can express our joyful celebration in different ways. And we should, because we are different. And yet, we've got to be joyful and celebrate when God is present. Uh, don't forget, God is holy. And if you read 2 Samuel 6, you should. You, you'll see a very serious experience of when you don't treat God rightly. Uh, and yet... Beneath it all is joy and celebration when God is present. Uh, joyful celebration is, is, is inspired by God's presence. And he's here today, by the way, uh, by his Holy Spirit. We have no Ark of the Covenant because we have Jesus who's come into the world and uh, sent his Spirit into our midst. Uh, secondly, joyful celebration is shaped by God's word. I'm not going to read all those verses, but Nehemiah 8, worth a read. Uh, Nehemiah 8 is where Jerusalem has been re-established after the exile, they've come back, and Ezra comes and he opens the book of the law, and they have a six-hour worship service. Okay, anyone who's getting uncomfortable already and putting their, looking at their watch, six-hour worship service, uh, the law of the Lord is read, it's explained. And uh, what is the response to the people attentively listening to the word of God? Well, we read that uh, Nehemiah and, and, says, and, and, and Ezra says, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. But Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send to those who have nothing prepared because this day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then all of the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. The joy is the right understanding to, is the right response to understanding God's word rightly. It does, if you understand God's word rightly, firstly lead to conviction, to mainly to weeping as it did with them, because it reveals God's glorious holiness, His beauty, uh, and His uh, light, and, and and that highlights our sin and our darkness and the things that have gone wrong in our lives, and it should lead to conviction and to confession. 
But if we keep reading the Word of God, it then points us on to God's glorious grace and mercy and love that we see above all in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when that is grasped, it leads to joy. Or it leads to despair if all we're left with is the darkness of, of sin and, and, and a broken world. But it leads to joy when we grasp hold of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And not a fleeting happiness that's here sort of one minute that's, that depends on our circumstances, but a genuine joy that is rooted in God. And for the people of Jerusalem, it led to eating and drinking and joyful celebration. And we should keep having joyful eating and drinking celebrations as, uh, as a church. You see, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then thirdly, uh, if joyful celebration is it's inspired by God's presence, it's shaped by God's word, well, joyful celebration requires returning to God. Uh, we're back in Luke 15. Uh, it is such a brilliant chapter, this chapter of the Bible. Jesus is, you saw right at the beginning, he's meeting with tax collectors and sinners. He's having a party. They're, they're eating together. They have eaten together. They're meeting. Uh, they're gathered around him. And then in verse 2, do you see look, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are muttering, muttering, sort of word, doesn't it? What does it conjure up when some people mutter? They're, they're complaining under their breath that Jesus would mix with this kind of person. They are joyless and hard-hearted, religious and respectable, yes, but they are missing the very point of their faith. And Jesus tells them three parables uh, that all end with joyful celebration. There's the lost sheep, shepherd uh, goes off, finds his lost sheep, puts him on his shoulders, brings him home, and he calls to his friend and he says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Come on, let's go and have a party. And I assume they did. Uh, and then there's the, the woman. Uh, she goes searching for her lost coin, this valuable and precious part of her, her household. The woman goes searching around her house until she finds it, and she says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. And they're going to have a party in the, in the house. That's where it, where it ends. And you know, Jesus is the shepherd out looking for his sheep. And Jesus is the woman looking for her coin. There's Jesus. He's with these tax collectors and sinners who've, who are lost, who are far away from God. He's speaking to them. He's calling them home. He's bringing them home. And they're gathered around. Do you know, as he brings them home, they are returning to God. That's what it is, uh, to return to God. The word that Jesus uses is Repentance. Repentance is a word that was used on the parade ground uh, uh, when people were marching. Uh, it, it meant a 180-degree turn. You were going in one direction, uh, they did a full 180 degrees and went back in the other direction. Uh, in the Bible, uh, repentance is to return to God. You're going away from God and you repent and you turn around and you come back to God. You come back to where you were made. It comes back to the person who you're made for. It's to come back home is to return to God, to repent and come back to God. And, and, and Jesus says, every time there's a, a party in heaven, verse 7, I tell you that in the same way there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent, or at least don't think they need to repent. That's the Pharisees. And then verse 10, in the same way I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. It's the, 
repentance, it's the returning home that brings this joyful celebration, not just in earth but in heaven. There's joy among the angels. There's joy in the very heart of God with the angels as someone comes back home to him. It's a great glimpse Jesus gives us in this parable into heaven, to what is going on in the heavenly realms. Some of you know the, um, the work of, of CAP, I should think, Christians Against Poverty. Many of you have heard of that ministry. It's wonderful debt counselling ministry. For over uh, 25 years, hundreds of thousands of people have been helped out of debt and helped uh, to renew and restore their lives. And many have come, become Christians through, through that. Although, of course, they, they minister to people who are Christians, who are not Christians, who are people of other faiths, and some do, and some don't come to, to know Jesus. But, but many do. I, I remember going up to the headquarters in Bradford, uh, a few years ago, we were setting up a centre in my old church, and, and, and to go into this uh, old um, mill building, Jubilee Mill it was called, that had been converted into offices, was wonderful. It, you met a whole group of people, they were upbeat, and they were positive, and they were professional, and they loved Jesus, and they were doing some amazing transformative work. And in this old converted mill building, there was, a, there was an old fire bell uh, in, the, in the mill, and whenever they got news... Uh, from around the country that one of their clients had, had given their life to Jesus, had become a Christian, had been saved, uh, they rang the bell. This, this ring, and this, the bell rang around the building and everybody stopped and whooped and cheered and, and gave thanks to God. There was great celebration uh, here on earth. And, of course, they were just doing what is going on in heaven. They were mirroring what was happening in heaven at the same time. Party poppers were going off. Uh, joyful celebration. Singing was happening in heaven uh, when someone comes home to God. Joyful celebration, it requires returning to the Lord if it is to be genuine. And of course, the third parable is the most well-known of the parables, I guess. We didn't have it read, but it's the two sons. The younger son is a picture of the tax collectors there gathered around Jesus. He runs off from home, he runs from his father, he wastes his wealth, and when he comes to his senses, he returns home, and he doesn't know quite what he's going to find at the father's house. And of course, you probably know this story, if you don't, let me tell you what happens. He finds a father waiting and watching for him to come home. And he finds a father who is running towards him, arms wide out. And he finds a father who forgives him, who, who kisses him, who welcomes him back as a son. And he finds a father who calls the whole neighborhood to come and celebrate, to have a party, because his son was lost and now he's found. He was dead and he's alive because he's returned home to the father. That's gracious welcome. That's the heart of God. That is extravagant generosity. It's the heart of God. That is joyful celebration, which is the very heart of God. There's a party in heaven when one sinner repents and comes back home. But it began with that journey. He had to return to his father. He had to turn back and come home. And there's an older brother. He hears the sound of partying. When he hears it, do you remember? Uh, the brother has come. He's not impressed at all. In fact, he is muttering like the Pharisees and the tax collectors. Because he doesn't like the, the generosity, the, the heart of God that throws himself open to, to all who welcomes his lost son back again. He's angry with the father. And the story ends with him outside of the party. There's a big party going on and the older brother, he's outside of the party. And we don't know whether he's going to go back in or not. We don't know whether he's going to return to the father or not. Maybe some of us Christians, who've, or, or we've grown up in a Christian world, and we've grown up in this sort of religious, respectable world, and yet we're not in a party because we haven't returned to the Father 
with our hearts and with our lives. And he welcomes us, he calls us to return because that's where joy is really found when we return to the Father. That was Peter's message as we close on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, you remember what an amazing day it was. The Holy Spirit comes. Uh, people's um, hearts are changed. Uh, Jesus, Peter preaches about Jesus. Um, uh, Peter preaches about Jesus crucified and risen. And the first reaction of the hearers is to be cut to the heart. They come under conviction. They say, what should we do? What shall we do? And Peter replies this. He, he replies, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Spirit. And what happens? Well, if you know Acts 2, you know 3,000 people repented and believed and were baptized that day. Imagine that, having 3,000 people queuing up on the steps here and coming down the steps and being baptized and putting their faith in Jesus and coming up here and then having to go and change out there. I mean, we'd need to make a bigger building, wouldn't we? How wonderful it must have been on that day. Imagine the party in Jerusalem, 3,000 people uh, who come to Jesus who knew that, that forgiveness and grace and have been baptized. I mean, it's joyful with two. Imagine 3,000. Uh, repent is the message and be baptized. I don't know if God is saying that to you today. Maybe you've never, you're not a Christian, you've, you've never acknowledged your sin before God and return to him. Or maybe today is that day. You've seen Yasmin and Ina testifying to, to that work in their hearts of coming home to God and, and rejoicing today. Maybe if God has opened your heart, you want to give your life to, to following Jesus. Well, his arms are they're open and they're waiting. The Father is waiting at the house. You can do it right now. You can do it right now in your heart. The moment we're going to pray, in the moment we're going to have some music to, to, to celebrate. As we, but, but, but you can pray. God is waiting. He's waiting and watching. And you might want to return home to him. I mean, there is still water here. Uh, you know, maybe today God is calling you to be baptized. You've not been baptized before. If that is the case, if you really feel the Holy Spirit saying to you, I want, to be, I, want you to be I want to be baptized today because I'm trusting Jesus. Well, come and talk to me while we're singing and we'll see if we can do it. Uh, or we might arrange another date. But, but there's water. And he wants you to return home to him. Of course, repentance is an ongoing thing. So once off, once forever, you, you, you're, you're in the family once you've repented, believed, and returned to the Father. But of course, we keep wandering off, so we need to keep coming back. And a, a church that is going to be marked by joyful celebration will be a church that is centered around the cross, that knows the grace of God, that keeps coming back when we've, uh, when we've fallen, when we've turned away from him, when we've wandered off. Keep coming back because he's always waiting. And that will be the source of our joy. So Brian's waiting. Come up, musicians. We're going to sing in a moment. But my prayer today for, for Yasmin and Ina, indeed for all of us here at Christ Church, is that we live out our baptism promises. If you've been baptized already, you've made those promises that were made uh, and you heard being made today. Let's pray that we would live those out and that as we do that, the joy of the Lord would be our strength and that joyful celebration would be the mark 
of our church. Please, guys, but let's just pause for a moment. So before we sing, you can do business with God in your heart. Return to him. Return, repent. Joy in heaven when you know the grace of God in your heart. Oh God, we thank you for, for Yasmin and for Ina today. Thank you for their faith they've testified to in the waters of baptism. We thank you for your amazing grace and love uh, that is symbolized in that water of baptism. We pray, Lord, that they and us would know the power of your Holy Spirit filling our hearts, that we might live lives for your glory, that we might live lives of joyful celebration. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.